0: Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you have joined me for this episode of the podcast. If you could not tell, the music is a little bit different from our usual theme music that we play here on the show. And I have never felt more like a country music radio host. That is certainly one of my dreams and so is speaking with the friend that I have on the show today. And this is music from country music artist Becky Denton. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm even saying her name over the podcast Airwaves right now because I have been a fan of her music for as long as I can remember. I will never forget my friend Amber introducing me to Becky at one of her live shows in Mid-Missouri and I completely fell in love with her work and even her persona of how humble and hardworking she was, but still she made such a great connection with each person that she encountered, whether be off stage on stage through her music I could relate to it so easily and I am so grateful to have her as a friend now in my adult life not just as an eighth grade Coley just to have her speak into my life and to have her encourage me and just exemplify honestly what Jesus looks like in lifting each other up and one of the things that she's teaching me a lot about is how to never take any connection for granted and just to be kind to everyone she talks a lot about that in this interview and how important that is to her. Again, I am so grateful for this amazingly gifted friend. Her vocals are so rich, dynamic, unlike any other artist that I've ever heard. So if you haven't listened to her music, would you please go do that as soon as you listen to this episode? You can find more information at beckydenton.com, and I'm going to give you all the ways to connect with her through this episode. I am just so honored and completely amazed at how God works and connects. Connecting people. It is my honor to welcome to the show one of my heroes, country music artist Becky Denton. Thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited. I am too. This is a really amazing
1: opportunity for me. I'm just tickled that you asked me. I really am.
0: Are you kidding me? Eighth grade Coley would have had no idea that in the future that I would be interviewing you or if you would have even asked me last year when I started the podcast, if I'd be interviewing a country music artist like you. Oh my gosh, Becky, it's awesome. Well, life is really interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. And by the way, it has been a minute since A Missouri Girl has been on Still With You So I am so thankful to kind of get back to my roots and speak with someone who knows where I'm from. Are you still in Paris, Missouri? I
1: actually am. Right now, I'm sitting in my kitchen in Paris, Missouri. We just got back into town from Nashville last night. My husband has lived in Nashville for many years. He has a place there, and then I have a place here. So we have to do some traveling back and forth. But yes, I am currently in my kitchen in Paris, Missouri.
0: And from what I understand, Will works with many people in the industry. Tracy Lawrence, Lee Rimes, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Is he regularly meeting with those people and working for them? No, not anymore. Um, I mean, unless he gets a
1: call. I'm, I'll give you just a little background. And I have listened to your podcast a couple times. I enjoy it. See, yesterday, I listened to a little bit of episode 37 when I was driving and then last week, I listened to, can't remember her name, but she had the hair loss. Jody, my friend Jody, Yeah, she was talking about she lost her dad. But yeah, so I've listened.
0: Becky didn't like listening to my <laughs> yes. podcast. Like, I'm dying.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm dying. So yeah, I was actually picking cucumbers and tomatoes and trying to garden at the same time listen to your podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. I literally am like fangirling so hard. I can't even. But think about it, Becky. I was in eighth grade when I saw you singing. You had all the songs that Amber and I would listen to. iGames, Card Me. That CD is all I listened to because even at that young age, I was so fascinated by people who were in the industry and what that looks like to have a platform. And oh my goodness, to hear that as an adult that I get to speak with you truly about these things and have real conversations. Like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're
1: welcome. Thank you. And I did see that you play guitar too. Are you doing any shows or like anything like that? Or right now?
0: No, I know five chords. No, I am not pursuing anything in that lane of the music industry.
1: Five chords is great. You could play a song with one chord.
0: (laughs) You're on the ball. (laughs) Not really because I can't do the bar chord. My fingers are too small or I just, I can't press hard enough to get that down. So I feel like that always sets me back. So I can't play anything with a B minor.
1: I can't play bar chords very well at all. I do know what they are and I have played them but on my live shows when, you know, like tomorrow we have a show at the Lake of the Ozarks and we just went through the set list last night. I have to go through some more today. It's actually kind of a joke, but I, I don't really enjoy the guitar near as much as singing, but it is a necessity Right now, we do a lot of the shows, just Will and I. I need to make sure I can play. The less chords (laughs) is often better for me and... I do have a very deep appreciation for people who can play guitar very well, and I am glad I can play several songs. I keep it as simple as I can, but it does you know, limit some of the songs. I always say if I had more time, I might try to learn. I don't get too worked up about it. I think my voice is my strength in connecting to the audience. We actually even made a little joke last night about something we might do in the show tomorrow about, I don't want to say disdain for playing the guitar, but you know, I usually let the audience know, Hey, this is not, it's not my forte, but I want to share my music with you. So
0: (laughs) that's crazy to hear because I feel like you make it look so easy. Your voice is so beautiful and so strong and has the ability to tell a story as well, which I feel like is a great combo as a listener. It's compelling. You know, I want to hear more. If that is your strongest asset, which I feel like you're a great guitar player as well. I think that your voice is so wonderful that we're not even thinking about maybe a miscore that you're leading so strongly with such a beautiful voice.
1: Yay. (laughs) Okay, that's great. But thank you.
0: What brought you into country music? How did you get started in this? We
1: always had the radio on, country radio. Seemed like that was playing a lot in my dad's truck. Maybe a radio in the kitchen in the house. That's where I think I first heard country music. But Barbara Mandrell. Yes. Yeah. Sleeping single in a double bed. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. You can have crackers in my bed or you can eat crackers in my bed anytime. Um, but she was a voice that I had since I was very young. Earl Thomas Conley songs. My mom and dad had several country music records. They had Oak Ridge Boys, Statler Brothers, Ann Murray, and of course they had uh, Dolly Parton. They had the uh, Great Balls of Fire record. I think I actually have the record you know, at my house now. I mean, we would play those records on that huge stereo that seems like it weighs a thousand pounds <laughs> and, you, and you you know it had the radio i think and then it had the record player and the eight track player we would often play those records and then i would listen to the radio a lot so that i think that was my first introduction and i did not go to a country music concert until i was I think 15 or 16. I I was talking to Will yesterday, and I I think that was my first recollection. I went to see Faith Hill, and she opened up for Brooks and Dunn at the Missouri State Fair. I've (laughs) seen
0: Brooks and Dunn at the Missouri State Fair, too. And yeah, that brings back memories. Faith Hill had just started. You know, she was fairly new to the scene.
1: But that was my first country music concert, I believe. Did that just resonate with you? Or did you always know you could sing? Well, I always loved singing. This is cliche, but my mom and dad told me that I sang before I talked.
0: It's not cliche when you have a voice like yours.
1: Thank you. But I think a lot of singers say that. Uh, You know, I've heard other singers say, yeah, well, my mom and dad said that I sang before I spoke. I think it's something that was with me very early on. I've always loved it. It's something that brings me great joy. It gives me some relaxation and peace.
0: What was your next step of I'm looking into putting out an album and songwriting? Where in your life did you decide to make that not necessarily a hobby, but more something that you're going to pursue after?
1: I consider myself a late bloomer in today's world. I did not decide to pursue it until 2002. And I was 24. There, I just told my age. But <laughs> I mean, I like to sing. I love to sing. And growing up in in grade school, I guess in high school, I did a lot of choir and I did some musicals. And I even did some musical stuff when I was in college. But I, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was, I don't know, 19 or 20. Wow. And then I really felt strongly about pursuing it. I could not quit thinking about it, how I really felt this strong pull to sing or do music. And when I was twenty four, I was able to get a degree in something that's completely different, but it still is I think it relates to, you know, what I do now in in many ways. You went to Mizzou, right? Yes. Yeah. And weren't you a golden girl? No, I was a cheerleader for one year. I was a cheerleader my sophomore year in college, but I cheered all through school when I was in sixth grade. I made the cheerleading squad and that was my thing like I loved it. <laughs> but I'm looking back cheerleading was a, perf- a way of to perform, you know, and I'm still performing and I love it. So, and I was using my voice maybe just not <laughs> necessarily through song. I, and I was in band too and I loved band when I was in, you know, all through school. But yes, I did my undergrad at Mizzou in communication science and disorders. And then I went to get my graduate degree in Warrensburg, Missouri. I got a master's degree in speech pathology. So I worked for, you know, many years in that field. So all this time I have, you know, been juggling, you know, like we talked about just juggling two different careers, but I have gained so much, I think, life experience and just human connection that's just invaluable through, my work, you know, as a speech language pathologist. This past year, I made the decision, I'm going to just go full time musician, God willing, you know, <laughs> and I, I think he has shown that he's providing so far. And, you know, I felt like it was just time to really buckle down and and, and pursue it even more. And and not that I haven't wanted to pursue it full time, you know, you just life just happens how it is, I guess. So my first show Probably wasn't until 2003, I even wrote it on a piece of paper, like when I made the decision to really, you know, I wanted to pursue music. And that was after I'd gotten my degree and and I had already, I was working, you know, in this field of speech pathology. I just started in performing, doing gigs per se, and many of those, those first few years were gigs where I would have background tracks and then I would just sing basically karaoke, you know, and I, I think around 2006, I decided, you know, if I can, I'm going to try to play the guitar and sing, even if I'm, you know, my guitar playing is atrocious. (laughs) You're too fine. Like, Do not
0: worry about it. I I think that that is all in your head.
1: Oh, well, Being around musicians who are true guitarists, you know, I I do feel like I'm pale in comparison. So I started doing some guitar vocal gigs around 2006 and then maybe 2005. I can't remember exactly. But 2006, I think, was my first full band show. And I only did one or two that summer. I did a Relay for Life gig in Mexico, Missouri and then I did the Vandalia Fair in 2006. Just a little interesting thing about how life just keeps going in a circle. The man who ran sound for me in 2006 for that fair, um, his name's Pete Nasser. You know, I still keep in touch with him because it's just funny how people just they come in and out and I think they're <laughs> they're there for a reason.
0: I've had so many conversations with friends about this. Never take any relationship or any connection for granted because you have no idea how that person is going to come into your life. May be there Mm -hmm. for only a split second, but then... Somehow they know someone or the person they know knows somebody else that can help you. You help them, vice versa. It's amazing what a big world it is, but also how small it is, especially when you get into the people who are in the line of creating and performing and entertainment. Are you finding the same experience?
1: Oh, yeah. I think you said it well. Be nice to to others and be present and treat them as you'd want to be treated. And, and I think, you know, that's a challenge for me. Sometimes you just feel like, I don't have time, you know, but you want to treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's hard to do sometimes because, you know, just life, (laughs) life has so many challenges, but I think it will come back around and I think it will pay off. I think it seems to pay off.
0: Yeah, it's kind of that reap what you sow. But I didn't mean to cut you off. You're talking about how you were speaking with this gentleman and he helped you with your sound in your first show.
1: He has offered to run sound for an upcoming show again. And then he's ran sound for me for like a show a couple years ago as well. And he does a wonderful job you know, you want some solid people in your career. And uh, he just happens to be one of those people.
0: Oh, I love that. How did that transition also from like, you know, you started doing shows, but when did you start writing your own music? So I think
1: my first song that I wrote was 2005. And I only did that because I was trying to educate myself as much as possible in the music business. And these days to have some success it seems the people involved i don't know if it's record labels or or really even if it's just you yourself i think they recommend that you write your own music a lot of times and so i just did that because i was like well it's it's recommended it seems like from everything i'm reading so i'll go ahead and give it a shot so i think that was my first song i wrote all of those songs that you mentioned earlier by myself
0: and then with no team you just you wrote those yes that's amazing <laughs> wow I can't like that's I had no idea those songs are like masterpieces to me I love them gosh well thank you uh, recently like the songs on my
1: forthcoming album I've Co written all of those. I think that's my growth as a songwriter. I've been co writing a lot more. And there's one song that I did not write. So I'm still open to songs that I don't write. You know, if they speak to me and I feel like I can tell the story through my performance and, you know, my voice, then I'm open to that.
0: How often do your personal experiences and relationships spill over into songwriting? You know, when listeners hear the music, are they hearing stories that you walked through?
1: Yes, most of my songs that I've written or co written, they're definitely a life experience. I think the more life experiences that I have, the better my craft at songwriting is. I think it, it you know, it, it evolves. Yeah. Uh, there's been a handful of songs that I've co written, yeah, that I don't, maybe I don't relate to, but I think when I perform them or sing them, I think they're always going to come across more believable if I've actually experienced something, some things in the lyrics.
0: Yeah, which is such a gift to the listener that that artists such as yourself are willing to sacrifice and walk through the hard things and even the the seasons of joy. Like sometimes it's like almost overwhelming, like busyness. Like I know in in that industry that. Things can come at you in full force. And so even taking that and what that looks like, writing about the times of Abundance and busyness along with how to deal with the hard and balancing all that. So I, I, I think about that often when I listen to country music, even specifically because that was my first love in learning about music. I will never forget hearing Carrie Underwood for the first time and truly relating to her music as a fourth grader. And I remember um, finally when that clicked yeah. of that the music doesn't just come out of thin air. People often have to experience things to be able to share.
1: Right, right. And and I think Reba McIntyre, I think she said before, she has recorded many songs that she's not written. I, I still think that's wonderful. And if you can experience it, that's wonderful. But I guess you just, to me... You've got to make it believable. If you're going to sing the song, make people cry, you know, make them feel whatever you're singing, then you've done the song justice. You know, something else about songwriting, I did start it out as a necessity, and I do think it it does help my artistry, but it's still it's not my first love. My first love would be singing. There are so many songwriters out there who are truly, truly talented. Their gift is songwriting. And I think that's important to hold on just in today's world, just making sure that the songwriters do get compensated because it really does, I think in so many ways, start with the song. you, know? if you don't have the song that's what you remember. Even if it's a great presentation, I think it has to be coupled with a great song.
0: Even on that note about talking about great music and also Reba McIntyre. And I'm so glad that um, I feel like I can have this conversation with you because some of my other friends, they don't, they don't know the roots of country music. But have you ever heard of Bobby Gentry? Yes, You know that she originally wrote and performed Fancy. I had no idea that that was originally her song before Reba got a hold of it. And so yes. you're talking about the power of a good song. And also that Reba doesn't always, you know, write her own music. That's a powerful song that tells a story and that is so iconic in country music. Last year, I discovered who Bobby Gentry was. And, you know, um, like, oh, to Billy Joe. And oh, my gosh, that she is amazing. I'm like falling in love with her work. Oh, that is
1: amazing. I, get, I have chill bumps right now, so I'm one arm. Fancy came out in 1970. Oh. So, I mean, that song's been around for yes. so long. Fancy, every time I hear it, I get goosebumps. There are some songs I'll listen to, like Travis Tritt is, for
0: example, okay don't tell me oh what's the title of the song oh my gosh Becky didn't sing on my podcast <laughs> tell
1: me I was dreaming I think that's the song so emotional though when I when I hear that song and one time this wasn't too long ago Will and I were driving and I heard Travis Tritt you know one of his songs and I just this is sound sound funny but I started to cry. I mean, I just got so caught up. And I think part of it was, I remember seeing the video to this song, and thinking about the story that was told. And it was just heart wrenching. And his voice is so powerful. And and the song is so powerful, and just such a perfect combination. And yeah, oh, my gosh. Anyway, the thing about a good song is, um, I'll give you another example of one that I actually have performed live. I want to sing it all the time, but I get so emotional. I get so caught up in the song lyrics, and this even happens with some, of, you know, my songs that I've written. Yeah, I often I was like, no, we're not doing that. I can't do that today. Uh, Lori McKenna's song, "Humble and Kind," I can see why it's such a humongous hit. It's so well written. And it's just married with the melody and, you know, the music so well. I basically squeak at the end of the song and I can't, I I cannot seem to keep it together. But that song is one that really moves me. And I want to think about the lyric because I want to convey to the audience, you know, I want to perform, but... Gosh, it just gets me.
0: It's something real. And I think in such the world that we live in today, I love it, honestly, when artists are genuinely moved and instead of just doing a song as a check mark, because I think you know what I'm talking about. You can see it when there is an artist who is Mm -hmm. checking that song off when they're performing. I would rather, it's sad, but to their expense, I would rather them have to get it together than for them to be... Uh, shallow about the meaning of a song, right? Like just
1: just g- g- go go on to the next one, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Well, that's yeah. Like, good to hear.
0: What What is one of your songs that 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 does that?
1: I call it love. Can you share a little bit of why it does that?
0: That song I co wrote with a
1: fella named Brent Rader. He actually produced two or three songs on the album. First verse on that song opens up with, it's a little hand reaching out for you in the middle of the night, and I'm referring to my daughter. Her name is Celia.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Wow. (laughs) I've seen pictures of her. She is absolutely adorable. Thank you.
1: So when I sing that song, I have to, that first verse just opens up about her Love has many different forms. One form is how children, you know, often they wake up in the middle of the night and they come to their mom or dad with their arms open. Yeah. They want to be picked up and they want to be comforted. And then the next verse is about maybe a different early version of love. Uh, And this was a life experience that I had as well. I had a date one time when I was growing up and teenage boy. And, you know, we talked about the story a little bit about the date and, you know, he was doing something to impress me. But it wasn't to make me embarrassed. He was really just trying to impress me, I I think, you know, but that was maybe a little bit of a a version of love. Yeah, the bridge gets really deep talks about how I I thought about my grandparents and how they they were married for it might have been 70 years, but we said 60 years in in the song lyric, but you know how you stay married for that long, you know, through the all, all of life's ups and downs, and then you you let go of each other, you know, mm-hmm. whomever's the first to go, and and you're still holding hands. So all of that song was what through what were life
0: experience. Hey guys, jumping in here real quick with a message straight from Becky herself. If you have an event or a venue that you are looking to book, you should go over to beckydenton.com contact and invite her to perform at your event or at your venue. This is a thing that artists call booking season, and Becky is in it. She is already booking out shows for the rest of this year and possibly even into 2021. It is not too late. Jump over to beckydenton.com slash contact and invite her to come and perform at your event or your venue. PSA. She has some events for Pensacola Beach that are coming up. So book your calendar. This is gonna be in August. I will drop more details later, but I am so excited. I cannot wait for this. So again, go over to BeckyDenton.com and book her today. BeckyDenton.com slash contact book today. I cannot quit this album so good. Every single track is amazing. I love how it is so diverse. How did Fire and Grace come about? It was
1: inspired through my daughter. But my co-writer and I, we both have daughters. And she came to me with the idea. And we wrote the lyrics with both ourselves in mind, but also our children or daughters. The lyrics go through stages of life. So the beginning is Painted toes and you know Missouri mud. Yeah. Three years old, sweet and tough. So I can put myself or my daughter in that lyric. The second verse is about high school, the lunchroom, you know, talk and get real mean, and <laughs> and then you know, kind of figuring out how to handle the teenage years with fire and grace. Later on, talks about a woman, you know, a working mom and. Uh, She looks at her daughter's eyes and and she sees that fire and grace and that helps her to keep going. And, and to tie it in with my upbringing, you know, my mom, when I was younger, that something we often did was we would take walks and uh, we would pick wild carrot. And it's also known as Queen Anne's Lace. And when I was finalizing the album, I decided. I really feel like "Fire and Grace" says who I am as an artist, you know, right now. And I want to. I just. I don't know if it's going to get much airplay on, you know, radio. But I feel like this is. This says who I am, and this is what I feel very confident with this. These whole, all these lyrics, and anyway, getting back to the wild carrot. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you something really interesting. When I was figuring out that Fire and Grace was going to be the the title of my album, I wanted to put together a logo. I have this really cool logo. If you go to my website beckydenton.com, it's also on my, you know, some of my merch stuff. There's a silhouette of a, a gal with red hair. So that symbolizes the fire. <laughs> But then the grace, I wanted something to symbolize grace and I love flowers. And I started looking, putting together the logo and I looked and saw that the the symbol of Queen Anne's lace or wild carrot, a a ditch flower, you know, some would say it symbolizes grace.
0: Oh Becky! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, wow! I and- love stuff like that. Oh my goodness! I just feel like it give me chills.
1: Yeah. So I thought, oh holy cow! I've I've got to tie this in because that's what the, I. That's a very country flower. You know, that's a big big flower in rural Missouri. I know it's all over. It's, it's probably all over the U.S. That's a memory I have when I was a kid, and we would pick the flower, and then mom would put food coloring in the vase. And then we'd watch the white flower turn whatever color of food coloring you put in the vase. And my mom is a wonderful symbol of, of grace. And my dad, you know, I feel like he's got a lot of fire in him. He's got a lot of energy. Uh, so I put that together and I had no idea that was going to be a part of the, lo- you know, the logo was going to have anything about, you know,
0: wild carrot when we wrote the song, you know, a few years ago. Every song in the album, connects with that that song. You know, Fire and Grace is like the mantle and then everything falls. It just connects so beautifully. I want to ask you about If I Didn't Have You. I love all the songs, of course, but that one is one that I continue to listen to over and over again. I want to know, who are you singing with? And I think that song needs to be picked up by Hallmark. Seriously, even though you say that in the lyrics, it needs to be picked up by Hallmark or some some movie, some, some producer who's doing a movie because I feel like it could be the theme song for a romantic comedy. Well, thank you, Coley. Yeah, we, I love it too.
1: And Will and I co-wrote that with a friend of ours, Scott Joyce. After we wrote it, we were talking about how are we going to record this? And it was actually Will's idea to do a male female duet. So that's what's really cool. It's just neat how songs evolve into, you know, you, you get in the writing room and then. They end up some really cool production, but Chris Hatfield is the man who sang the duet with me. He also played piano on that song, and Scott Joyce played the B3 organ because Scott's a wonderful pianist as well. Um, I believe that's right. I'd have to look at my credits, but I think that's right. I don't have it right in front of me. We also had horns arranged by a longtime friend of Will's. That was really cool that, you know, we have some some horn, a horn section on one of the songs. And I just think it it fits so well with, yes, we should pitch it to Hallmark. I
0: think that would be over the moon. And okay, so to talk about the horns for just a second, like I'm a huge Band nerd, like I know you're not talked about this before, like, but I I did band in high school as well, and I played the trumpet for several, several years. I always love a good horn section, and I was actually going to ask you if that was real horns. I mean, some people I know can, with you know, using such digital like overlap in music, I wanted to know if that was actually musicians playing, and so now I have my answer. I love that. Oh, yeah, it's very much, they're very real people,
1: and our friend Bill McIntosh, he lives in Georgia, and Wills played with him when he lived down in Georgia growing up, and I guess when he was in college. But he wrote the uh, horn arrangement, and then there were three gentlemen in Nashville, and they we tracked it here, the horn. Trumpet is Scotty Huff, trombone is Josh Scaife, and saxophone is Jimmy Douglas. And then, yes. Let me make sure I have that right. The, yep, uh-huh. the B3 was Scott Joyce. So, but when we wrote that, if I didn't have you, it was with Will and I in mind. I actually watched some Hallmark movies over um, just a few nights ago. And that I was thinking about that song. So I don't watch Hallmark a lot, but, but yeah, I did, I did the last few days. It's not Hallmark,
0: but have you watched Dolly Parton's Heartstrings? No, and I need to. I, I it's on my list. Oh, Becky, it's so good. It's it's like many Hallmark movies, and I know that Dolly Parton came out with a new Hallmark Christmas movie, which I have yet to see. But I was so I was so involved in watching Heartstrings that I put that one on the back burner. But oh, it's so good. You will love it. It's so sweet, and it's just all of her songs that are um, like played out in a storyline. It's it's really interesting how she did it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see it. One of my friends actually just um, messaged me earlier this week and said, You need to make, oh, have you
0: seen that yet? So I will, we will. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you about another song. So, Move, that definitely has a like Latin taste to it. Where did that come from? I mean, obviously, it's like a really upbeat soundtrack, but I noticed like the Latin influence in it as well. And I love that. I think it's so cool how your voice can switch. You're a country music artist, but you definitely have such a versatility that you're able to kind of move into these different lanes musically. Well,
1: thank you. I will tell you about Move, but um, I had a friend I guess I have one review. It's not really in print yet, but one of my co-writers, Bill White, he said, girl, you were just all over the place with this record. (laughs) So I, I, and then I told him, I was like, yeah, I just, my my style just evolved. It took like three or four years to put it together. So (laughs) I am totally comfortable with that. I love singing a lot of different styles. You know, Linda Ronstadt, she sang all kinds of styles. So it wasn't just rock and roll. That's what makes it really fun and interesting. So, move. That's the one song I did not write. One of my friends, Natalie Murphy, co-wrote that with Rose Falcon, and it was co-produced with a friend of ours, Matt Erickson. He lives in Florida now, um, so it's interesting that you said it has a Latin infusion. But he produced it along with Will and I, and it's definitely the most, you know, pop-laden
0: track you know, on the album. But yeah, we I love it. So it again, like everything connects like that definitely taps in more to like the fire. But when you're looking at a song like asking for a friend, or "Love don't care, like it taps in more to like the grace part that you're going for. All the songs, they have both of those qualities in them. So
1: as an artist,
0: when someone listens to the album fully through, what would be the one thing that you want them to remember about it?
1: I would hope that they would listen to the songs and the songs are good enough that they're singing them again, you know, or they're, the the lyrics are making them think of something, uh, a memory, or they are helping. Maybe they're thinking about something that happened in their life and the lyrics, you know, connect to them. So that's, that's what we want as songwriters. And I hope they, you know, know me a little bit more as an artist and all of these songs that I've put on the album. You know, the, uh, I guess, like we were saying, there's a, a mixed bag, but. You know, I'm a mixed bag. I mean, most a lot of people are, but I, you know, I have a mixed bag of personality characteristics and yeah, fire and grace is definitely I think something I hope people can think about, you know, when they if they do purchase the record. Every day I I need to have fire. Every day I need to have grace, you know? It's it's like they, like they constantly work in tandem. I completely agree
0: and completely can I can completely relate as
1: well. You can safely purchase my album through my website, beckydenton.com. You can also purchase the digital um, side of things, like on all digital outlets, you can purchase it digitally from my website. But if you want a physical copy, you can purchase that from beckydenton.com. Of course, you can. I'll have them at my shows, and I'm so excited. I have some product finally. So that's the main thing I wanted to say about the album. It is, it, it is out and it is available For people to have.
0: I love my friends who make music and it is so well done. I just love it. This is the first,
1: well, not the first time, but because some of the songs that I've released in the past as singles or put on a a project, you know, I have worked with, co-produced seven of the ten tracks and that was really fun. I am, you know, not a whiz like Will on the engineering side of things and and definitely, you know, he's, he's very much a pro musician, but that, so that's been a great learning process too. You know, Hey, can we put this in there? And this has been a good growth period for me on the production side of things. I'm so thankful. My husband is, is, is very skilled and
0: thanks that I'm not. So we work work together well. You have an amazing team. You just dropping all of these names of people like you were very much loved and, I can just feel it that like people believe in what you're doing. And I love that you are so selfless in bringing people on board for the project and just getting people to exercise their gifts. The word team is no
1: joke. And I was going to tell you, you know, we're working on bookings for 2020. That's just a whole nother team section. And, And I'm working on that. So you just, there's so much that goes on to build an artist's career and when you're you're doing it so many things you know by yourself it, it can be overwhelming you know just let God let God do his work I'll, I'll do my best I'll try to do my best <laughs> some days it's not I, I feel
0: like I'm not doing my best I mean like you did the hard thing which is you in 2019 like you stepped out and said I'm doing this and I'm going all in that in itself making that yeah. commitment is hard to do. I want to champion you and just say like, I'm so proud of you for, for doing it. And I feel like this is going to be a really big year for you. And I really honestly feel what a gift to everyone else that you, you're making that decision. And like, I'm just so excited. Thank you. Um,
1: yeah, I, I can't do it by myself. So I'm, I'm really thankful for my husband and we are pouring heart and soul into this project. And yeah, we do, we just want to play music together. <laughs> and I'm, I'm ready for Will to exercise his gifts, you know, full time again, and very hard worker. And he he's covering a lot of bases right now, you know, as I am too. You know, when I first met Will, he was drumming, but I had no idea he was so skilled on the piano. You know, it has given him yeah him a chance as we're, you know, booking together. It's, so, it's often just he and I, but it's given him a chance to showcase his uh, piano skills, his keyboarding skills. He's, he's so talented um, on that end as well. Yeah, I'm ready for him to be behind a big kit and, you know, really exercise some energy that I know he wants to, and I do too, but everything just, I guess, has its time and hopefully God will allow that or or make that happen or <laughs> if that's what we're supposed to do
0: you're such hard workers i have no doubt that it's gonna happen you guys are awesome and it encourages me so much to just every time i see that you like with other people are working hard and pursuing dreams and you know being creative and just getting out there and it, it encourages me so much with the new album out what are some plans that you have for 2020 i'm ready to God willing, do some bookings outside of my
1: area and share this music to also just do more songwrites, try to have some more exposure, I guess, through YouTube. This is going to be my first year where I am going to be working on music full time. Feet are already wet and I'm I'm ready to, you know, get
0: down to the two feet level, maybe. <laughs> so album out. So that is a huge step. There are some people who dream about doing that and they never complete it and done it. So, so excited. And I really hope that you can make it to Florida selfishly. I would love it if you came to Pensacola and did a show. That would be amazing. I'm still trying to see you and in a local Missouri show sometime. I had every intention of doing that this summer when I visited family, but that is still my goal to meet up with you in person and to say, Hey, we are looking at the Florida
1: area, you know, so I'm trying to get a a run of shows in certain areas. So yes. Yeah. I think just the main thing is um, we, we are ready to promote these, these songs and, you know, share our music.
0: Well, I would have to say you're doing pretty well because Australia, so many listeners over in Australia. How does that happen? And is is, is that a common thing that even country music, American country music will spill over into other countries like that, other continents like that? Here's how it happened. My husband and I were
1: driving down to Georgia to visit some family. A lot of his family lives in Georgia. And we were, that was, I guess, two years ago. We were on the outskirts of Atlanta, and we, it was like 12.30 or 11.30 at night, and we, were, we still had quite a ways to go. And so we just thought, hey, let's see if we can tune in WSM, 6.50 a.m., and we could tune it in. And lo and behold, one of our really good friends who's co-written with us so many times, he's, he's, his name is Bill White. He also DJs some on WSM, and he was the DJ that night. So I texted Bill and I said, hey, Bill, we, we're, we're hearing you. We're on the outskirts of Atlanta, but we can still hear you. And I was so excited because it's always nice to have, like, you actually hear a familiar voice on the radio. And it's Oh, just, yeah. Like, Talk
0: about those connections about never take it for granted.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So um, he was like, oh, great,
1: Becky. Well, I'll give you and Will a shout out here in, here in, in a little bit. And so my jaw like dropped <laughs> and I turned to Will. I am like, oh, my gosh he's, he's going to say our name on the radio. <laughs> so we started, you know, really like, you know, trying to really listen and Bill played this Dolly Parton song. And I looked at Will and I was like, oh my goodness, I think I know what's going to happen. The song that Bill and I co-wrote, I Love Dolly, spun a Dolly Parton song. And then he played I love Dolly. And he did this, you know, very clever connection thing. You know how radio people do. They're just so talented. And you know, (laughs) and so he played I love Dolly. But it streams worldwide. A man named Stephen Brady, in Australia, heard that song. And he he has a promotion business. He actually, it's called CRS. He played a song. And then Stephen Brady heard it and then contacted me the following day through email and said, Becky, I I heard your song, and I, I would really like to promote it here in Australia.
0: Oh, come on. Went, and it was played one and, time.
1: Yeah. And that's how it happened. He has been so kind to play and promote. He promoted I Love Dolly, and I Call It Love, and um, also Take Me Back to Tybee, and it's getting some airplay right now. I've had a few radio interviews with some Australian radio people and they have been the sweetest people. They are so nice.
0: (laughs) I think we need to go take a trip over there though. I think that's, I I think they're calling for you. Just so everyone knows, like number 18 on the Australian country radio charts, like for you, for that, like celebrating all of that for you and how your music is just doing so well. Every single season of your life, which I feel like I've been so Grateful to know you when you were just playing at Relay for Life. I remember Amber and I just, you know, fell in love with your music. My childhood friend Amber, you have always been so sweet to whoever um, you come in contact with. You made time to make us feel so special. I don't even know if you remember this, but I remember once at a Mizzou baseball game, you sang the national anthem, and I was at that game, and I came running out from the bleachers. and Do you remember singing the national anthem there? Uh, vaguely so
1: I apologize I've sang so many anthems yeah I vaguely remember that so (laughs) but that's
0: awesome (laughs) that's even just something to your character because you you know if you've done so many of those but you still made me feel so special that was excited to hear from you and so I just feel like you carry that that um that humble and kindness wherever you go oh my gosh well thank you You asked about
1: Will and, you know, if he played with, you know, those artists before. I just wanted to give you, you know, a little background on how we met.
0: And I apologize for this because sometimes that's how, seriously, how conversations will go is we'll get on one track and that opens (laughs) up a a channel of like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I need to talk about that. That's really important. So, yeah, go back to what you were saying about you and Will.
1: He had a background in Christian music. But DC Talk, so he worked with them and then Stephen Curtis Chapman and then uh, Leanne Rhines. He started doing more country music, uh, Tracy Lawrence. But it's interesting how, like I didn't listen to a lot of Christian music growing up. I mean, I've always went to church, but I just, I wasn't exposed to that like he was. I have been a long time, you know, fan (laughs) of country music. (laughs) So anyway, it's interesting how our worlds collided he was in country music he was playing with the Jane Deere girls um, when my band opened up for them in Columbia Missouri
0: wow that's crazy
1: that's how we first met you know he's I guess you know exposing me to artists like I had never even heard of DC talk
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah totally yeah yeah.
1: but, you know, he, he may have, make him feel bad, but like he, there have, might be artists that like, I'll hear a country song on the radio and, and he'll be like, now nah, who? I wouldn't, I'll know exactly who sings oftentimes. So it's just, we're, we're educating each other. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's how we met. Of course, I'm benefiting so much from his experience and his, uh, you know, in the industry that, you know, that's, that's helping my career, but, you know, we're both getting so much out of it. And, and that's kind of our, not kind of, but I mean, that's our goal. I mean, we, we often say a prayer, you know, pretty much daily, you know, God, please help us to realize our dreams. And our dream is to, you know, play music together.
0: As you're listening, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it's going to be in the show notes, you can directly click on over to com, where again, her handle is at Becky Denton Music. So Everyone, please go follow my fellow friend and Missouri girl <laughs> and country music artist. I love saying that because, again, I've not had a country music artist on the podcast before, so I'm hoping everyone is just freaking out as much as I am.
1: Gosh, well, Coley, I thank you so much. I I'm so glad that you love country music. Yeah, I'm just a big, big old fan.
0: <laughs> so, Becky, the name of the show is Still with You, and one of the questions that I always ask in closing each interview is um, where is God still with you?
1: I think God is still with me because I am here on this earth alive. I have, I have two hands. I just took a sip of water. I I can walk. I can talk. I can, I have a brain. I am healthy. I, I am safe. I, and I can talk to God. I can, I can, I, I prayed today with my husband. So those are, ways that I know God is with me because He still allowed me to be on this earth. I have all my faculties about me and and um, I am pursuing something that I really believe in and I want to do and so He's allowing me to do that. Yeah, The fact that I can pray about anything I often see the prayers answered uh, I think that's a very real way that God is with me. Take time to take time to talk to God. He wants to hear even though we may think i don't have time to do that i got to i got to get lunch i got to uh you know get this uh all of this stuff ready for tomorrow's show you know work out which we you know i yeah absolutely exercise is very important but you know all these things oh i got to do this i got to do that but don't be afraid or don't you know give yourself time to take time for god because then you get to see your prayers being answered and that's such a cool thing
0: yeah that's right
1: so and and, and just building building our faith you know building the belief that he is taking care of us he does know how we feel he does understand us I think the closer we can allow ourselves to go to him we're going to have we're going to see the benefits you know in our life so I have this magnet on my refrigerator that my grandma and grandpa Walker gave to me many years ago and it's I think it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you.
0: Thank you so much for what you've contributed into my life. Anytime you just want to pop on and say something you are more than welcome to, I cannot tell you what an honor it's been to speak with you.
1: Likewise, Coley. I'm just, again, I'm just so happy that you, and honored that you asked me, so I'm it's my first podcast, so this is a big deal to me. I'm so proud of you. I think it's awesome. You're, you're doing such a great job.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode that I treasure so much with my friend Becky. I just am so thankful for her in my life and the encouragement that she shares with me, but also just for the beauty that she brings through art. And I truly believe that some of the ways that we can connect with God is through music that inspires us and brings hope into the world. And Becky is doing both of those things. I love how she speaks so candidly about her relationship with Jesus and about what matters most in this world, which is family and love and cherishing every single connection we have. I absolutely love that about her. And I'll continue to be a fan of her work and support all that she does. As I mentioned before, if you would like to connect with Becky, you can do this by going to her website, beckydenton.com, or you can connect with her through social media. That's at Becky Denton Music, and Denton is spelled D-E-N-T-O-N. All of this information is available for you in the show notes of this episode at coleybrowning.com. And if you would like to connect with me, which I would love to hear from you, you can do that by going to my website again, or you can connect with me on social media too. My handle is at Coley Browning. That's K-O-H-L-I-E and Browning like the rifle. I would love to say hey and love to encourage you. I've been getting some really sweet notifications and comments and just people who are reaching out to me and, and sharing. With me, part of their story. I am absolutely loving it. It is touching my heart, and I'm so thankful that God has placed specific people in my life to pray over and also get to know. I love that. I can't get enough of it. If you haven't also listened to last week's episode with Courtney Hope Wilson, please go do that. She is absolutely amazing, and I cannot say enough good things about hers. I'm just so thankful to be surrounded with such an army of strong friends who are cranking out some amazing projects and giving all of the glory to God. Without Him, we would be absolutely nothing, and I hope that that just encourages you just to press in and lean on Him, that He is with you. Would you just consider putting your full weight on Him today? Go out and just take some brave steps, pray big prayers, be bold, be brave, be you, and remember, that he is still with you.